Welcome to Let's Talk Color. I'm Amy Wolf, Principal Designer at Amy Wolf Color and Design. And I'm Amy Crane, Founding Designer at Amy Crane Color. We're both professional color experts who specialize in architectural color. We met while training, and years later, the conversation is still going strong. We both live our lives immersed in color and design. We often agree, but sometimes we don't, because color is personal. Color truths, however, are universal. In each episode, we'll unravel the mystery of choosing color for your home or business, both inside and out. Today, we're going to talk about choosing white paint. I think it's safe to say that choosing a pleasing and appropriate white really confounds a lot of people, homeowners and designers alike. It's just so damn tricky. So Amy, what are some good reasons to choose white for your walls? I really think that choosing white should be purposeful. Uh, It shouldn't be a default. It shouldn't come out of fear. Um, I think a lot of people kind of retreat to white because they feel like it's safe and it's easy. Uh, I think there needs to be an architectural justification. You know, uh, an all-white interior really suits a modern uh, interior, modern style of architecture. And in some cases, you know, you know, white wainscoting, you know, there's a super traditional application of, of white that's highly appropriate. So I always want to see white as, as purposeful and driven by the architecture and not just um, kind of a default, you know? Yeah. Another good reason white might be chosen is because the space is located in a region that's hot and sunny, like in the south of the U.S. Not only does it go well with that beachy coastal vibe, but white actually reflects heat. So it makes you feel cooler when you're living in it. And that's a reason why a white house exterior will be cheaper to cool in the summertime. I agree that white walls are associated with modernist architecture. And frankly, I think that um, it's because architects often choose white. I think they're programmed in architecture school to pick white because they want your focus to be on the structure and not to be distracted by some wall color. So it's just part of their signature look thing, like their chunky black glasses. Yeah, it's, it's about form with architects, I think. You know, they're interested in lines and the massing in the space. You know, what are the big shapes? What what are those kind of those big, like they're chunky glasses. What are the chunks of the building? <laughs> you know, that's what I mean when I use the word massing. And um, so, yeah, color is is either an anathema or an afterthought with, with some of those architects. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, But white walls do allow um, the walls to step back and be a backdrop to color that you bring into the space other ways, like through your decor with textiles and rugs and artwork. I often, uh, I agree, uh, and often talk to my clients about whether a space is going to be color-driven or contents-driven. When I'm working with clients who have traveled a lot, uh, they have collections, they have a lot of artwork, in, in spaces like that, what I will say is that, you know, the interior design will be contents driven. And so we don't need to use color so much. And sometimes white or, you know, a soft white, a toned white, um, a complex neutral, 
that, you know, kind of leans into white, <laughs> whitish, um, that a color like that is a great backdrop for great contents. With clients who may be starting out and don't have that travel history and don't have not amassed a collection of artwork or textiles or uh, rugs, you know, the things you mentioned, Amy, then we can use color and drive the interior look with color and put color on the walls. So making that distinction between contents-driven versus color-driven, I think, really depends on who the client is and what they've got. Another important thing to take into account is the amount of natural light that the space gets. It's really important when you're choosing a white for a room or any color for that matter. People mistakenly think that white will always make a space lighter and because of that make it appear bigger. But you really need a fair amount of natural light to make a space look bright. A warm white especially will help a white space look airy and expansive. Your cooler whites feel really modern, but it can tip the room towards feeling kind of sterile. So if you need to go or want to go with a cool modern white, make sure you've got enough natural light in the room to use it. And I think that directional light makes a big difference too. You know, if if your light is Coming from the south, it's advantageous. If you've got a north-facing room, then those white colors, you know, little tiny north-facing room (laughs) with white on the walls really is just going to look like dirty dishwater. Um, One of the ways to think about that is to look up into the corners of your room that are naturally more shadowy and uh, start to understand what happens You know, a wall color looks different across the entire expanse of the wall. So look to the corners for that shadowing and to understand sort of uh, the darkening and the graying and the the move towards that dishwater look. I, you know, I think small dark rooms should just be embraced for what they are. Uh, You can't, you can't fix it with white necessarily. So um, sometimes I like to just embrace a room for the way it is. It's small, it's dark, let's make it cozy. You know, one person's small and dark is another person's cozy. So there's, there, there's other ways around it than, than white. <laughs> yeah, I think people choose white often because they can't make up their mind or they're afraid to make a mistake. You know, white is the most popular color paint sold. And I think indecision really drives those paint sales. You know, one of my pet peeves, I know we're supposed to talk about pet peeves later in here. We're, I'm just launching. <laughs> here comes a pet peeve of mine. I kind of don't like it when people out of that fear, you know, paint one wall. And I know accent walls are kind of coming back in, but they paint one wall, one really strong, bold color, and then the rest of all the walls are white. It's just too high contrast for me. Um, I don't think it's easy on the eye physiologically. And, uh, you know, I would much rather have a client find one single color to wrap the whole room in. I mean, sometimes there's a reason for an accent wall, but, but it should never be because people want color, but they're afraid. So I agree with you completely. I like accent walls. I do them somewhat often. I don't think they're for every room or every style house. And I actually like them when there's a color for the accent wall and then white around it, or maybe a really colorless neutral. It doesn't have to be a cold, stark white. Um, But I think the key to accent walls really working is that you choose a wall that's already the focal point, either architecturally because it has a fireplace on it, or maybe it has a peak ceiling, or by virtue of the function of that wall, like it's the headboard wall in the bedroom. 
I think an accent wall creates drama just by the nature of its uniqueness in the room. So its job is to create contrast. And that's why that's why I like it sometimes. But it's important to keep in mind that whites are almost achromatic. And that means they have almost no color. And I think this leads people to think, eh, it's just white, I'll pick any one. But it's what makes white so difficult to choose. Because whites come from every hue family, every color family, which means you can take any color, a blue, a red, a green, add white to it, get lighter and lighter and lighter until you have a white. You have an almost white, and then you have white. But there are hints of that color family that are still showing through. And that's what people mistakenly, in my opinion, call an undertone. It's really not an undertone. It's the hue family showing through. So to be able to look at a white or an off-white and be able to parse what hue family it came from is really helpful when you're figuring out what whites to choose, especially when you're putting a white with a white. A little less important when you're mixing it with other colors, but still important. I like to think that if you're if you're mixing whites with whites, they should be from the same hue family. A yellow white with a yellow white, maybe they're different intensity, they're different saturation, they're different lightness, darkness. But I think that that's a surefire way to not have these whites clashing. When you're mixing white with another color in the room, maybe as a trim color, I think then you have a little bit more leeway to mix a white from one color family with a color on the wall from another. But it does depend. So hue family is really important. One of the ways uh, I think is a great first step into understanding this conversation about hue families, it's not necessarily a way to pick a color, but it's a way to, to understand where these colors are coming from is to take a variety of whites that do come from different hue families and line them up next to each other. I think often when people are considering white paints, they'll just pull something popular like White Dove or uh, Chantilly Lace or, you know, whatever. And, and they'll look at it in isolation. And I think it's harder to understand what's going on when you're just looking at a single white color without anything to compare it to. Um, so... What I like to, to walk people through is an exercise where they lay out colors with these, with these uh, hue families, dare I say it, undertones. No, not, they're not undertones. <laughs> but for example, just a quickie uh, would be to take from Sherwin-Williams Extra White, which has a slight bluish cast to it, and Roman Column, which comes out of the yellow hue family. And when you lay those two next to each other, you really see it in a way that you might not otherwise uh, the blue and the yellow kind of push on each other. Um, but it's but it's a way to start to understand uh, what's going on inside this white. And I do believe that once you see these things, it gets harder to unsee them. I hear that from my clients a lot, that after a consult, you know, I will sort of open their eyes to certain things, certain aspects of colors, things to be aware of, things to look out for. And all of a sudden, they're seeing it everywhere in their lives. So these little exercises are helpful for improving your ability to understand what you're looking at in all kinds of colors. You know, you kind of, you tune your eye up, you're building a muscle. Really understanding color is like building any muscle or any skill set. I, I think comparing whites is a really good idea to help you understand where they come from. 
I think maybe an even better way to do it is to kind of set it up like an experiment. And experiments have controls. So I feel that if you pick something that is as neutral as you can get with a white, let's say white copy paper, which tends to be a little bit blue, but it's pretty much a neutral white, and compare your warm yellowy whites and your bluish cool white to the paper, then you're less affected by the other white. Meaning if you look at a blue white next to a yellow white, the blue will make the yellow look even more yellow than it is and vice versa. But if you compare each of them to a neutral white, I think it's a way to see really what you're dealing with. But you know, everything is context in every respect in terms of choosing colors. And so I think comparison is a really good way to go. I hear what you're saying to use the the neutral backdrop. I think what I'm after is people really understanding that we've got this color circle. We have a color wheel, you know, with 360 degrees on it. And there are color families that live at every point on that circle. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for people to understand that color and especially whites and neutrals, you know, inhabit every point on that circle. Uh, I, th- there are not four categories of neutrals. We cannot lump things together into easy peasy shortcut kind of understandings. Uh, color is complex, and I think we need to own it and speak to that complexity and not oversimplify things. So that's, that's kind of me on my color soapbox. <laughs> Brava. (laughs) You know, I think it's really helpful for people to hear what kind of whites that we like. I know there's tons of um, articles out there and all this content online, everyone talking about the best of this and the best of that. So maybe it's helpful for folks to hear what our best of are. Um, For warm yellow-based whites from Benjamin Moore, I like capital white. I also like simply white. I have a lot of my home in Simply White, and I like cloud cover. It's a nice toned white. For cools from Benjamin Moore, I like White Heron and Winter White and Distant Gray. I know it has gray in its name, but it really doesn't look gray. And I always tell my clients, please ignore the names. When you get a color chart from me, it will say a few things as a note in the end. One, don't look these colors up online. That's not accurate. Wait till you get your color samples from me. And another is ignore the names because they're not accurately descriptive. It's some marketing person coming up with, you know, an idea of what's going to sell that color. I'm also confessing right here and now that I went through years not using the color white dove. And I know it's on every blog post and and it's on every Ask the Expert. You know, it's everyone's favorite white. And I have to say, I'll be honest, the reason I never used it or even considered using it is because, you know, my clients can see these best of lists also. And I really want them to believe that I'm putting in the work for every single job. They're getting a completely bespoke custom colored palette from me. So I'm not going to go to these go-to lists of great colors that everyone has. So that's why I never went to White Dove, and that's why I never went to Revere Pewter, to be honest. But eventually, I found my way to White Dove. There was a reason to pick it in someone's home, and it really worked out great. It's a lovely white, and I do use it now. I've used it for exteriors, and I've used it for interiors. So I learned my lesson there. But from Sherwin-Williams, I like Greek Villa, which is a great neutral white. 
I like West Highland white, which is a warm yellow-based white. And I like white flower, which is a toned white with a little bit of red in it. But don't think pink. It's not. And Amy, you mentioned extra white before. Um, that's a cool white that I use a lot from Sherwin when I need a cool white. When we're talking white, I think the company that's most famous for whites is Farrow and Ball. They have this enormous white collection, which honestly is way more off-white than it is white to me. I can count on one hand how many true whites are in that collection. But does it really matter? I, I don't know. Does it matter how you categorize a white? The, the main thing is how it looks on your wall. And I think we have to remember also that how it looks on your wall depends on what the wall color is, because, you know, color is what it is because of what's around it. I, uh, so one of my, one of my color mantras, you know, color is only what it is because of the relationship uh, with other colors. So uh, that's an important thing to remember. Uh, to that end, I pick all my wall colors first, and then I go back in and pick my trim color afterwards. Um, some of my favorites are Mascarpone from Ben Moore. Um, I love China White. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice toned white. It makes a great exterior white for a classic New England farmhouse uh, or an exterior trim color. I tend to tone my exterior trim colors a lot. I don't like super bright whites outside. I think it looks a little too much like the vinyl window. People tend to match the vinyl window. Then the whole house is like this bright, stark white, which is kind of never my favorite. Um, and I'm gonna jump on the confession train and tell you I've also got my own white dove story, <laughs> which is that I've never used a lot of white dove. Um, I mean, you look at it, I, you know, I don't look at the color names. I'm really looking at colors when I'm flipping through my, my whites looking for the right trim. Uh, the names register second and, uh, you know, so yeah, White Dove just isn't something I've used a lot of. So I did a really big renovation a couple of years ago, 6,000 square foot farmhouse. We picked all the colors. I went through all the trim possibilities and it was definitely leaning into White Dove. And I was actually a little embarrassed. I had to confess to my client. I said, you know, I'm, I'm concerned because I know this is everybody's go-to and it's sort of a default and it's not picked with a great deal of intention. But I want to tell you, I've done my due diligence and it's wiped up. <laughs> so that house has a ton of millwork. It's historic, 1835. And, um, you know, yeah, there's a lot of white dove in that house, but it's beautiful. It's perfect. It was, it was absolutely the right thing to do. So, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, some of the other colors I like are cotton balls or mountain peak white. Um, I tend to, I tend to like colors that feel, that have a little warmth to them, but aren't dirty, you know, that, that f maintain some crispness, even when they're warm. So, and uh, I often, I, and I often will take those colors and wrap them right onto the ceiling. I think neutral whites are really useful. Um, you know, no white is truly neutral. Every white is going to have some other colorants in them. But, you know, again, it's about context and how they appear in the space, in the light of that space with the surrounding colors, as you mentioned, Amy. And some of the neutral whites that I love are Chantilly Lace from Benjamin Moore. I liked it before it was on in everyone's lists, I have to say. Um, I also used to use Super White a lot. I, I use it a little bit less now. Um, it's very neutral. And my all-time favorite 
neutral white, is all white from Faro and Ball. You know what? I hate to use this word. I fear using this word, but it's perfect. All white has incredible substance and presence, but it's clean and clear without being cold, and it goes with everything. Are you talking about as a trim color or for walls or both? Both. I tend to use it more as a wall color when I need a white. To be honest, Farrell and Ball is more expensive than a lot of other paint brands out there. So I feel even when there's a client who is okay with the cost of Farrell and Ball, it makes more of an impact to use a Farrell and Ball color on the wall than it is just to pick it for a trim. And you know, Amy, I live in the Northeast like you do, and there's a lot of historic houses where I am just like they are near you. People have a little bit more of an edgy sensibility here, maybe. And so we tend to go more with matching the trim color to the wall color than using white or off-white as a trim color. I'm not saying I never do it. That's certainly not so. And I'm, I'm here to make suggestions to my clients and also go the route that they want to go. So I'm not saying I don't use white and off-white as a, tr- as a trim color, but more often I don't. But I like you, when I do use it as a trim color, I bring it on to a ceiling. I don't really think that there's a reason to have three colors in a room just because. Meaning if you have a color on the wall, you have a white or an off-white for trim. To me, there's no reason to pick a different white for your ceiling. If it's pale enough, just bring it up and onto the ceiling. All right, so it's time for our pet peeves. And you started that already, Amy. I would say my biggest pet peeve is when a client says, so should we just use ceiling white? No. If you care so much about the colors in your home that you would hire me to come up with a completely custom color palette, let's not just default to ceiling white. It is not a nice white and it won't coordinate with the colors in your room. And talking about painting your ceiling, I'm really a fan of putting a flat finish on the ceiling. I really don't want any reflections to come off of the ceiling. So I think people get stuck because painters just say to go with ceiling white. I think it's the default. And I don't think people often are given a choice. Um, So when you are dealing with a a consultant, like Amy says, um, you know, why wouldn't you be more conscious about that decision? We often call the ceiling the fifth wall, and I think it definitely deserves, uh, you know, uh, some attention and and some customization. Uh, I will also often go with a slightly darker ceiling color with really dark walls to eliminate that contrast. Um, because as you recall from my earlier pet peeve, the super high contrast between white and, and a darker color makes my eyes hurt a little bit. So I like to bring the brightness down on a ceiling when we're using a really, really dark, rich color on the walls. I think that's a great point. I don't, I don't think that kind of contrast in a room serves anyone. I have an issue with that outside too, with the exteriors, with that super bright white trim, as I, as I mentioned before. It it feels very coastal to me, which I think, you know, when you're out on the coast, context matters, location matters, and it feels better out there. But once we come inland, I'm, I'm interested really in toning that white and reducing that contrast as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're back to what we talked about before about choosing exterior colors. So much of it has to do with the light in your area and the region of the country that you live in. Well, thanks for listening. We hope you've learned something about choosing white paint color. And tune in next time when we talk more about using color for the built world. And if you'd like to learn more about us, send us an email, send us some questions, tell us what you'd like us to talk about. You can find us at letstalkpaintcolor.com. See you next time. Bye.